Welcome, Chair City Church. So glad you joined us today. Last week, we completed a series about having hope in dark times. During that series, I often mentioned the word anxiety. Today, I want to spend a bit more time not just mentioning anxiety, but unpacking this emotion in light of God's word, in light of God's truth. So anxiety is a common emotion. It causes a lot of people to not be okay, say, I'm doing okay. There are different levels of anxiety. Some are general, still concerning and disrupting. Some are severe. It, anxiety comes on us in waves. For some of us, it seems never to leave us. It can cause us to move, to feel, to act. It really does affect how we behave moment to moment. This past week, I was preparing uh, my beehives for the new season. Really excited about it. A friend of ours from church, Erin, was over the house on the property with her kids, and they were helping us uh, construct, put up uh, a used pool that we had recently picked up. Now, I wanted to show Erin my bees uh, because I, 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 I dig it. I, I like showing the bees off. I think they're cool. So I take Christy and Erin up to the two beehives, and, I, and I'm wearing my protective jacket, which comes with a kind of a, a, a hood that has a screen in the front that you flip over the top over your head. I've got my, you know, I've got the gloves. And as I approach the hive, I hear the bees sort of buzzing unusually loud. Happens from time to time. They're not in a good mood. I look over at Christian Erin, and they've now decided to distance themselves. They're about 20 feet away, and they're watching from a distance. And at that moment, I realized I, I, realized I didn't bring my smoker with me, and that's an apparatus that enables me to inject puffs of smoke into and around the hive, which lulls the bees down. It calms them down. Now, at that moment, I started to get a bit anxious, and, and, I, and, I, and I kind of quickly put my head covering on. I, I, I zipped it up. I, I, I kind of in, in rush, haste, opened up the hive. And in doing that, I knocked over a sugar jar, which I had brought up to feed the bees at the beginning of the season. And that really stirred the bees up. And I got more anxious. And the next thing you know, I hear a buzz around my ear. That's not uncommon. But then I... It's really close, though. And then I, I see a bee fly across my face, my eyes, and I realize it's on the wrong side of the protective screen. And then I see another and another. I, I try and unzip the hood, but I can't. I, 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 I'm quite anxious. The anxiety is increasing in me. And I can't unzip it. Even though I do this all the time, so easily, so simply, I cannot do it. And I yell to my wife, I need help, I need help. And like, like a scene from a romance movie, I run through the grass to my wife, and she is running to me. And she comes to me, and she begins to help me unzip the hood. And then she screams, and her arms start to flail. And she turns and she runs in the opposite direction. And with Erin, they both go about 200 feet away from me. As, as these bees are battering my face, coming after me. Eventually, I get the hood off, 
get the bees away. And I'm standing there and I look in the distance and I see my wife, this woman who I speak so highly of, so affectionately of, the love of my life has left me for dead. Now, we've not been in marriage counseling in some time, but perhaps this might be a good time to reintroduce ourselves to that counseling. Now, when I, when I approached those bees and I heard them, the anxiety started creeping up in me. And it began to become very real, and it was pressing in on me. And, it was, and, and as it does for all of us, anxiety kip, kicks up all sorts of other emotions, and it affects our senses and how we act. We've all been there. We need to be in an, an important meeting for a, a job, maybe a new job, got to do a presentation. We, we've got to land this customer or impress this customer, or else the end of the month bottom line is not going to look good. We need to meet up with a group of people whether in person, maybe even on Zoom, right? And what are they going to expect us to say or do? We're staring at another wedding invitation, and, and, and I'm not even dating someone. When is it going to happen for me? We're thinking about the future, the kids, the home, the crazy schedule, who has to be where and when, and even still, to some extent. Bills, most of all lately, we're looking at our TV, our tablets, our phones, and we see these disturbing images and videos, articles about death and destruction from viruses or violence, people killing people, pain from isolation and separation, pain from destruction. And you're thinking, what could possibly go wrong next? And anxiety says, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Because I have some great suggestions for you. I have a plethora, many, a variety of suggestions for you on what could go wrong next. I think a lot of us, in different degrees, at this time in our country, in our lives, have anxiety creeping up on us. Even if you wouldn't describe yourself as an anxious person or someone who suffers from anxiety, I, I tell you, I am observing anxiousness, anxiety creeping up and rearing its head in the most stable, the most responsible, the most secure people that I know, including myself. I've never heard so many people say, I'm okay, and they're not okay. They're not okay because we could be in one of the most anxiety-inducing times in the history of our country. Now, we're going to be sending out a survey in the coming days to all of those who are in our database. If you are not in our database, follow Chrissy's instructions. Go down to the bottom of the, of the screen and click on that link, which takes you to our connection card, and insert your information on the form. It's quick. It's easy. It's productive. When you do that, you're not only going to get this survey, but you're also going to get critical correspondence communication that I'm sending out in the midst of all of our crises. They don't go out to the public. They don't go out on our Facebook page. They go to those in our database who are, who are connected to our church. And one of the questions you're going to see in that survey is, are you the church ready to re-enter our building on a Sunday morning? Another question is going to be, how are you doing? We want to know where you're at. We want to know how are you doing. And remember, it's okay not to be okay. Please take the time to complete the survey. It's very meaningful to us and very helpful to what 
we're about to do. Now, I want to give you a statement that I'd like you to consider. Anxiety exists when the problems around you overwhelm the peace within you. We all have pressures and problems. I've mentioned kids and jobs and then marriages, people wanting us to do more with less. And it's all swarming around you and battering you like my bees were doing to me. This is reality. This is not uncommon. Anxiety is when all of these things that are swirling around you begin to take away from the peace that is within you. And this is an issue for the old, for the young, for men and women, for girls and boys. Anxiety is eroding your peace. And where there is peace, there is stability and security. And where there is anxiety, there is insecurity and instability. And in that internal environment of insecurity and instability that comes from anxiety, you're going to find a breeding ground for several destructive things. But one of them is it's a breeding ground for addictions. It's a breeding ground for a lot of the harmful and destructive things we do. It's some things we don't want to do, but we're compelled and they're, because they're triggered by our anxiety. Last week, we called anxiety your enemy and a thief. And, and it is a thief. It robs you of the most beautiful, incredible moments in your life. Let's not accept anxiety as the new normal. In Jesus' name, we reject that. Right now, do not accept anxiety as your new normal. Now, let's go after anxiety by turning to God's word. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The verse begins by saying, rejoice, rejoice. Why? Because the Lord is near. God is telling us to rejoice. To rejoice in what? Bills due, empty seat at the table, the strained marriage, the realization that I, I could be disconnected from my kids, the, the, the never Ending uncertainty, chaos, and crisis? No. God says to rejoice. The Bible description here says to rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. How? With praise. Praise the Lord. With all my heart and all my soul and with all that is within me, I praise the Lord. You see, peace exists when the praise inside of you overwhelms the problems around you. Listen to me. Praise and anxiety cannot exist in your heart for too long at the same time. Praise will snuff out anxiety every time. Praise will suck the life out of anxiety. A few weeks ago, we read from Psalm 121. It is such a solid and sound and life-giving verse Always, but especially in times like this, David, who is a person that throughout his life often was in the midst of chaos and, and crisis and, and difficulty. And, and, and in that, we see in Psalm 121 that David discovered how to deploy praise over the problems in his life. 
Let's read Psalm 121, verses 1 through 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. David is telling us the first step of praise is to look up to where our help comes from. Get your eyes off of everything that's bringing you this feed of discouragement and, and destruction. Get your, get, lift up and fix your eyes on God. He is your helper. David is saying this is how it should be, meaning he's not saying that's all you look at. That's the only thing you're going to look at. But he's saying the first step, your initial thoughts, you know, don't look around. Don't look within yourself. Look to where your help comes from. Look to God. You see, praise is when we recognize God for who he is in the middle of the crisis that we're going through. You and I want to intentionally pause and lift up our hearts to God. This Easter, this past Easter, we talked about opening the eyes of our heart. Today, even right now, open the eyes of your heart and fix your eyes on the Lord. Look up to God. Often we don't start with that. We start by looking to within ourselves. We start by looking down and around at our circumstances. The problem is when you start in the wrong place and that is the wrong place, you often, if not always, wind up in the wrong place. Praise says, I'm going to start with God. My thinking, my feeling, my actions, I'm going to start with God by looking up to God. If I start with myself, then everything I think everything I do is informed by me and the turmoil, the anxiety, the circumstances that are battering me and that I'm in the midst of. But if I start by recognizing God, then everything is informed and influenced by God. Recognize God. And in an early age, our children, Chris and I, would teach our children to recognize God. We would do this by uh, teaching them the scriptures, meaning not only what they meant, but, but to memorize them. We would, we would take examples of everyday life and, and, and show them how to recognize God in everyday life. We would do this by reading them stories. From, I mean, early on, just really, even, in, even while they were in Christie's womb, I would be speaking and teaching and reciting and sharing things to them. I remember years ago, uh, I was in the middle of a very difficult time, and, and, and literally, it was a crisis, and, and things are coming at me, they're on me, and I'm sitting in my living room, I'm on my couch, and I'm at a point where, you know, my elbows are on my knees, and, and my face is, is, is in my hands, buried in my hands, and I'm just contemplating deeply, what am I going to do? And at that moment, my son, Justin, he's about three years old, probably just, just he's short of three years old, and he pulls himself up on the couch, stands up, walks across the couch, walks over to me, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, Dad, you can't run from God. <laughs> now, gets my attention. Now, in retrospect, I'm figuring that he must have you know, just heard Christy read the story of Jonah to him. But how crazy that was. It made me pause. He, it got my attention, and it made me immediately realize that the thoughts that were going on in my head 
had me running from God. I was so focused on what was going on in me, what was happening around me. I was looking within myself. I was so anxious that I was running from God in my thoughts, in what I was contemplating, and how I was going to solve and resolve what was going on. Anxiety will make your head run, your brain run, your mind run. It'll make you spin. My three-year-old child helped me recognize God. When your problems are huge, pause and praise God. Recognize God as your creator. Recognize God as being strong, as being faithful, as being loving, as being a merciful and gracious God. I've told you that when I get somewhat overwhelmed, meaning that my mind is going so much and it's just being infiltrated with different thoughts, could be negative thoughts, stressful thoughts, uh, and I'm trying to communicate to God and I, and I sense I'm being deterred, I will just sit there and say, Jesus, 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 I need you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, 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 over and over. And, and, and that's because, listen to me, that praise and anxiety cannot occupy the same heart for too long of a time. David says in verse 3, he, God, will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. And in verse 4, it says, Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. So first, David recognizes God. And now we see David teach us, give us an example of moving to rely on God. Praise is not meant to be retained in our Conversations are singing to God. Praise is meant to be applied to our lives by us taking steps to trust in God. Last week, we talked about having confidence in God. If we sit there and we're just dwelling and thinking about everything that we have to deal with, solve, resolve, all the our perceived negative consequences, all that we're responsible for, the burden of all that is going to literally shred our minds. It's going to tear our minds apart. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, do not be anxious. That word anxious in the original language describes the mind being pulled apart. Anxiety grows when we don't rely on God in critical times, well, at all times. But it certainly flourishes when we're not relying on God in critical times, in times of chaos, in times of crisis. And it grows because we place all the consequences on ourselves. You are not created to do that. You are not created to take on all this stuff alone. Praise reminds us that there is an all-loving, almighty, all-faithful God. And he is there for us to lean on him in real time, in real situations in life. If you want to deal with anxiety, if you want to beat anxiety, if you want to stop it from running and ruining your life, rely on God in all areas of your life, in your finances. Rely on God that you might be investing your finances, and that which is most valuable to you, and that which strengthens your spirit and enhances your relationship with God, and that is eternal, not temporary. 
and that is coming from a place of you looking to God and relying on God. Rely on God with your thoughts of the future. Rely on God with how you raise your children. Rely on God in who you're having close and intimate relationships with. Rely on God and how to deal with issues in those relationships, even right now. Rely on God and how to manage the chaos, how to deal and negotiate and navigate the crisis. Recognition of God must transition to relying on God in our lives. David writes in Psalm 121, verse 7, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I just want you to let these words settle in. Just, just to ponder them. See, David is showing us to recognize God, to rely on God, and now David's telling us to rest in God. Praise enables us to rest in God. Have you ever ended the days, your day, so tired from worrying, meaning from having an abundance of anxious thoughts? I mean, you're done. You're, you're exhausted. You go to rest. But it's not a peaceful rest. It's more of a shutdown and imploding. You, you try and rest, but anxiety will not let you rest. What if you praise God? What if you praise God so much that at the end of the day you came to a peaceful rest? You see, when you rely deeply on God, you rest deeply in God. Let me ask you a question. Raise your hand right now where you are. Raise your hand if you don't like relying on other people. Now, if other people in the room are like looking at you intently or like raising, trying to raise your hand for you, 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 you probably have this issue, right? The reality is this, although we try and to control so much, we don't control much. We don't control anything. I mean, if, if we, if you, if nothing, look at what's going on in our country right now, in our nation, in our cities, doesn't that tell us that we don't control anything? And I mean, what's going on now, what's going on in the last several weeks, in the last few months, we do not control as much as we think we do. We can influence things a lot or a little, but we cannot control our circumstances. You cannot control the stock market or the economy. You cannot control your kids. I have tried. I cannot control my spouse, nor can you. We can't control what other people think. I can't control what the government does. I can't control what happens in the elections in November. I can influence it in a godly, God-honoring, God-glorifying way, but I cannot control. I cannot control other people. I cannot force other people to believe and think in what I believe. If I try and do that, it's not going to go well. I might gain some short-term temporary advancements and achievements, but I'm not going to have long-term healthy and thriving relationships. Anxiety creates an insatiable desire to control things, to take them, to, to know you've got them, to protect yourself, to create a protective environment. I, I, I'm going to control it. I'm going to be okay. 
It's an exhausting way to live. And eventually, you need to rest. You're, you're, you're human. And what does it look like when you go to rest when you're coming from a place of living out in anxiety? It looks like impulsive spending. Hmm. It, it, it maybe for you, maybe for a justification, something to do with the kids, but, you know, it, it makes you feel, but it's, it's, it's impulsive spending. We're, we're trying to really rest, but a.k.a. escape from anxiety. It, what does it look like when we're trying to rest from anxiety? It looks like pornography. Even momentarily, sometimes for hours, it, it, it looks like an extra drink here and there. It, it, it looks like isolating and getting away from others and pushing them away. What does resting from anxiety look like? It looks like getting up in the morning and puffing on some weed and going to sleep at night, and before you go to sleep, puffing on some more weed. Maybe instead of starting your morning with puffing on some weed, you want to start your morning with praising all of God. That's not sarcasm. That I'm being sincere. Today, rest in the praises of God. Praise says, God, I need you. I can't do it alone. And you can't, and I can't. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. It's such an appropriate verse right now in such a time like this. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. Jesus who calls us to himself. Jesus who is fully God and fully man. Jesus who had the greatest cause known to humankind. Is gentle and humble in heart. And Jesus says, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. Not anxiety, not becoming undone, not self-destructiveness, but rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus has come to me and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. Today, right now, praise Jesus, with all your heart, all your mind, all that you are, praise Jesus. Today, right now, recognize Jesus. Right now, rely on Jesus. And today, right now, rest in Jesus. Ah, just, just to pause and just feel that. Take that in. The first step in doing that is to believe and trust in Jesus, to believe and trust in Jesus' death on the cross for your sins, for my sins, that, that our sins would be forgiven, meaning that there are those times in our life we took control, when we, you know, desire to go 
on a path that was apart from God, when we desired to, to go after, to take on a target, something that did not honor God, that did not love God. But through Jesus Christ, death on the cross and resurrection from the grave, our sins are forgiven. They're blotted out, and death no longer has its hold on us. It is defeated. We will have, we are promised, eternal life with our Heavenly Father. We win. We will win. We have victory. Praise God. Praise God. All that's happening is within the realm of human nature. And within that realm and within that story, God wins. Peace wins. Joy wins. Salvation wins. And love wins. Always has and always will. Through gentleness and humility and love and appraising and acknowledging and recognizing and relying on and resting in God. A resting in God. Praise Jesus. Listen, if you're in this place today, in your mind and in your heart, and you just know, you're thinking, you're feeling Jesus is calling you to come to him, and you have the, the desire to do that now, I want you to say this prayer within yourself and to God. God, I need you. I want you right now. I'm turning to you for peace and for rest. My soul desires to rest in you, God, to trust in Jesus. Today, I do that. I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to know him as my Lord and as my Savior. If you've said that prayer, if you've spoken to God in such an intimate and personal way today, then the Bible says you've begun a new relationship with Jesus, that you are a new creation. The old is fleeting. It's gone and the new has come, it has arrived. You have a new normal, a beautiful way to live. Now, if I'd like you to go down to the bottom of the screen, and there's a, a link, and there's a text number. If you could access that form, you can access a form through the text number or the link, and it'll bring you to a, to a form. If you could complete it, it's going to let us know of the decision you've made, that we can pray for you. People will be praying for you intently. We will be so encouraged. We will send you out a special package, different from that first-time guest package, and it'll give you some traction and some information to equip you and to encourage you in your next steps in this wonderful decision you've made. And also, if you are a first-time guest, uh, just go down to the bottom of the screen and complete that connection card. Again, it really helps us send out critical, important communications to you, especially in these current times, and we'll give you, you know, that special package as well. If you've joined us before, but you haven't completed it, take the time to do it now. My friends, you can have uncertainty, but not anxiety, because your certainty is in God. Did you get that? You can have uncertainty. We have uncertainty, but we don't have to have anxiety, because our certainty is in God. Where, where anxiety is messing you up right now, where it's messing with your life, at the same time, God is inviting you to recognize him for who he is, to look to him as to where your help comes from. God is inviting you to rely on him 
And if you rely on God, you, me, we get to rest in him. Rest is a beautiful thing to an anxious mind and soul. Rest today. Rest in Jesus. I miss you. I think of you. I'm praying for you. To God be the glory.